Now, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, before I get into this episode, I want to let you know about our discount code, OpenGarCast25. Get thick, get mean, get lean, get swole. Go into 2021, capturing the girl of your dreams. She may have shut you down last time, but you do some squats, you use Electrum Performance, and I swear to you, she will come back busting down your door wanting a little bit more of that ham sandwich. <laughs> 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen, a 19-year-old that likes to aggressively cuddle people, dumplings. Unicorns, Taylor Swift. We got to get into all that this episode. Varun Marotra, all the way from Sydney, Australia. How are you, my friend? Oh, by the way, this is the Open Garcast. My name is Jake Watson. This is Danny O'Donnell, my handsome cohort. Varun, how are you today, man? We are chilling. We're having fun. Just ate a little bit of dumplings yesterday, actually, as usual. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> right. Well, um, you know, I, man, I really tried to keep it in character for that intro today. It was the first one of 2021. I went a little too hard. We'll get back at it. A bit of a better job. Yeah, I saw Varun really trying hard not to laugh. And I was like, all right. Good. <laughs> well, funny enough, uh, I want to open up this episode with a question because uh, I feel like I, I want to get right into the thick of it. Uh, before we find out how you got into jujitsu and everything like that, man, your, your claim to fame. I want you to go over your your claim to fame over one uh one jujitsu competitor. You seem to be really good on Instagram in the comment section, right? Oh, yeah, Particularly that's, that's, just that's as your home. Man, you you do a lot of work in there. Uh, tell tell me about your claim to fame in that area. Oh, it's just talking shit. It's just you know, just <laughs> have my boy Levi. I, was, I think I think I just started talking shit when Floyd started post uh, started posting about him, mm. and then um. And yeah, and I just started like, and you know, just, I'm just going to, like, I like triggering people, you know, I have a passion for it. And, um, so, uh, so I just like started like just replying to everyone and just like, just trolling them and giving them shit, just saying like whoever they're supporting is going to lose and just, just having fun with that. And just, you know, this is, this is fun, you know? It started with, with Gordon, with Gordon too. I remember oh, one oh, time I commented oh, yeah. something and Gordon ripped me alive. I didn't want to do it anymore. I was like, I'm not going to talk to that guy ever again, probably. <laughs> But you, uh, you went, you went into the fire and came out a little victorious, didn't you? Yeah, I know. But, but Gordon's kind of like a socially inept twelve-year-old, you know. Like he can't really take him seriously. Just, you know, he's, wow. Like, he's kind of stupid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, true. Okay. 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 I'm not gonna say true. I don't know Gordon personally, right? But um, <laughs> he definitely one time. I mean, okay. My story, and I think I told this on the show before, was. Uh, he had some argument with Dylan Dennis, and uh, and I remember commenting that Dylan won the argument, and then Gordon was like, "Yeah, Dylan did better in the argument than you did at Nogi Pans." And then I look back, oh, I, I got second place in Nogi Pans. So I think he was yeah, just really trying to make fucking... me feel bad about losing to Jonathan yeah. Gracie, and I I'm not I don't feel bad about that because I lost. <laughs> I don't feel bad about that because I tried my best. I got beat by 11 points. I don't, what you're not allowed to feel bad for losing that bad. Like if you lose by a close margin, uh, you could have done something, but I messed up like eight times in that match. <laughs> so I don't feel bad. You know, it's hard. It's hard for me to relate, but um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Now, Danny. So well, what, yeah, kind, yeah. what kind of pushback do you get on Instagram? Like, do you get a lot of people instant messaging you or just like obviously replying to your comments, but do you get people reaching out to you and kind of talking shit back to you? <laughs> um, I had, I had like one dude on, after Levi lost at World Pro, like just talking shit, but I just like ended up trolling him. You know, he was just like, I'm not even sure what it was even about, but not really, you know. Just I got, I, what happens is that like, uh, I trained with like a bunch of boys back in Sydney, and um, 
and uh like apparently they have friends that like hate me and then they just like share all my stories so then just call me a fuckwit essentially uh, <laughs> <laughs> well dude you know what's funny is you kind of your your little scope is it exists after the bjj steroids thing and i remember when bjj steroids page came around people thought it was me right and what? i'm like really people thought it was me yeah people thought it was me and it, people thought uh that it was also my friend kate roke and because of like some big investigation some of the autos guys did where they matched up where we were in the camp or where Cade was in the camera in contrast to where uh, Andre Galvan was during a flow video. And it was like big time stuff. And then I made a statement on Instagram. I was like, listen, no one from my team is associated with that page. I just want to make that clear. There's no one on my like, don't think it's me. Don't think it's my friends. But that page, I mean, dude, that was like that was probably the most interesting point in in media for jujitsu was that guy because like yeah. he was like saying a bunch of stuff and now he's gone just in the realm of obscurity right so Varun, did, why did, did you why euros. did you oh you met him okay oh Go did ahead. you <laughs> i met him at euros <laughs> he just he just like came i was watching my friend nico fight and he's, he's like he just came up to me and talking because i talked to him a little on instagram you know because like you know trolls get along very well but um yeah <laughs> But I, I met him at Euros, and just, like, it was so funny. Just, it turns out I was actually, like, me and my friend Guy were, like, talking shit about, like, the guy that uh, that Nico was fighting. So Nico yeah. so Nico is uh, Nicholas Maglisi. He's one of my friends. He got uh, double silver at Purple Belt Euros, and he was fighting this European guy. And uh, just, like, th those guys were, like, talking shit about Nick, and then we ended up just, like, talking shit back. It was the funniest thing. And then I just saw, like, and then he's just, like, he's, like, oh, you remember me? Like, I'm BJJ Steroids. It was like the funniest, it was the funniest moment just like I've had at Euros. It was just, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just fucking, it was just weird just seeing that, like, just seeing who he was as well. You wouldn't expect it to be who he is, but you kind of do it at the same time. I just, I can't, I can't imagine he doesn't have a neck beard. That's like, I can't imagine <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of hair right here, but I'm not going to ask you to reveal his identity. Yeah. I'm going to keep it, I'm going to keep it obscure. I'll ask you after the show and then we will keep it secret, but on air, we're going to keep it, we're going to leave it at that. But, uh, you talked about Levi. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go over your relationship with him because he's a great guy and I, I love Levi to death. Um, did he promote you to blue belt? No, so Levi didn't promote me to Blue Belt. I started getting private lessons from him when I was like, uh, when I was like 15, I think. So I was training at one gym and I did privates with him, and um, and then we kind of just like, and then then we just like started training more from then on. Just you know, uh, like I don't even know how to explain it. Just I just kept on training with him, kept on doing privates with him because I was obviously something very different there, as you can, as everyone can see now. And um, yes, yeah, so I just kept on doing privates with him, and then we eventually just started training. Oh, bless you. We eventually decided doing uh we just started training together a lot and that's it. it like well it isn't like some grand story or anything it's just you know just kept on training I I just basically just kept on pestering him to to train and then we started and then we started training for uh for real as all trolling. as all great friendships go <laughs> <laughs> for sure so you started training with Levi when you said you were 15 so when, how old were you when you started jiu jitsu I was six when I started jiu jitsu. Six. That's crazy. And yeah. you're 19 now. Yeah, I'm 19 now. That's insane. You're still you a blue belt. Yeah. yeah. Just, Boy, I'm not good enough. <laughs> well, you need to go through all the kids' <laughs> rankings first, too. No, you know? yeah. That's, yeah I, I, I meant it more in, in that. It takes forever. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I went, I, went like, uh, I went through all the kids' belts, you know. That was fun, you know. I like the cool colors. 
Well, I did the same thing kind of because I started when I was eight. I'm 23. So when I had to go, I had to go through all the kids belts first. And like if you start, if you start jujitsu, let's say you start jujitsu at four years old, right? But you have been training 10 years before your green belt. Like you've been training for a decade before you're even a blue belt. Like you can't even be one. And that's like the, that's why it's starting young. Like people like you who are super good, but you're blue belt. Right. Then you look at you in your purple belt and then you're like taking everybody's back, choking them. It's like, why is this kid so good? He's purple belt. It's like, Oh, he started when he was six years old. That's why I started. I didn't even start actually training jujitsu until I was 12. I started like one day a week when I was eight and I started five days a week when I was 12. So I didn't really, even delve into this until later have you been doing five days a week since you were six years old um uh for me like uh i started like one day a week and slowly moved it to two days a week three days a week and then i, I got to like six or seven by the time i was like uh probably about 13 okay and then um yeah but i found that like most of my progression like the jujitsu i do now didn't really come from like all those years like i didn't I don't act, I don't like right now I don't actually use anything that I learnt beforehand. Like I only just use this stuff that I got from like uh Levi Marillo. They just kinda like you know, I just kinda use that stuff. Like it's I think it's I think what's best about like starting young is that you kinda get like a little physically stronger and a little mentally tougher and also like you just kinda build the habit of showing up rather than the actual technique. I think that's like the main thing that you get from it. Because you know, you're not seeing Unless you're training at a place like a, like AOJ or Unity or something like that, you're not really going to be learning like super super high level technique. Like this stuff isn't really like I think I think I think it just helps your mental state and your physical state more than like your actual jujitsu, if that makes sense when you mm. start that young. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think I think you're right though, because there are gyms like AOJ or the Atos Kids Program where they are teaching them really advanced techniques from the start. And then you see them kind of carry the, all those techniques through until they're adult belts. So I think it probably depends, like you said, on where where you start. But yeah, that does make that does make a lot of sense too. Yeah, yeah, but it's also like uh, when you start training hard, also like um, right, right. Like like uh like the kids from Cicero's, like they all started like started going hard when they were like all like well as soon as they got to Cicero's, they started training hard. But like anything before that, like you know nothing really sticks if you don't if you don't train that hard or that often. And, you know, I think it's like, it's kind of, that's when you can really count like where your jujitsu actually starts. Like you don't really, you don't learn too much on, in terms of a technical level and, you, and it doesn't really have, have as much like from the training room to the comps, it doesn't have as much of a crossover when you're like 10 or 11 right, compared to like 14, 15, if that makes sense. I'm mm-hmm. sure if I'm just rambling right now. No, 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 no like that, that makes don't worry sense. about that. We like, um big explanations because i mean we're we're learning here too you know what i mean we, we came on we invited you varun Marone, <laughs> on this show to teach us not the about other taylor around. swift well, yeah next question taylor swift <laughs> why are you so obsessed with taylor swift better I, question. I don't have everyone else's celebrity so everyone else's 2020 it. sucked but she released two albums this year so how important was that to you that was super important, bro. I started like I started crying when I first saw it came out. <laughs> I was getting all emotional in my room. I was just listening to it. I was like, "Mom, it came out! It came out! I can't believe it!" It was honestly, it was honestly like the best moment of my life. I couldn't, I couldn't like imagine anything better. Like I think that's better than winning worlds. Like that feeling when you see two albums have come out in the same year. Like there's nothing can beat that. Okay, so <clears throat> what is your opinion <laughs> on the transition she made? Early Taylor Swift, more of like a country vibe, right? And then, boom, I Knew You Were Trouble comes out. Everyone's like, whoa, what is that all about? 
What was your opinion? What was it like in that moment? What was that moment like? Dude, I like I like the change. I like those kind of songs. I'm kind of like a little teenage girl. Well, I'm still a teenager. I'm, I'm kind of like a little like 14 year old girl at heart, you know. Just I like those kind of songs. Mm-hmm. You're a softy. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Softy. Hey, man, it's, it's all right. Everybody's got everybody's got that genre of music they listen to they don't tell anybody about. It's all right. We uh, And if you're listening to this, you know exactly what it is. You just thought of it. Uh, next question. Unicorns. This is another part of your Instagram bio. We've, we've gone over Taylor Swift. You didn't you didn't divulge enough information to talk about, like, when your love for Taylor Swift started. But we'll get back to that, I imagine. And then <laughs> but unicorns. Why unicorns? Is that just a controversial thing? No one else has unicorns in their bio? Or do you actually hold an affection for unicorns as well? Oh, no, I just got the idea from, like, seeing those little, like, pervy bronies, like, a few years ago, and I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, was, was, I'm, I've been to high school, too. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, I think when I was in high school, those were just coming out, like, the whole My Little Pony fad where, like, yeah. grown into it. I was like, huh, I don't know if I agree with this. I think yeah, that's that was, a little strange. That was really weird, yeah. That was it's... a little strange. But I'm just taking the piss out of it, you know. Just, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not actually into a little pony. Man, when I was in high school, there was like there was a group of, uh, and this is not me making fun of them, but there was a group of kids in my school that called themselves the Wolf Pack, and they ran around and they wore tails on their <laughs> on their pants. <laughs> and I remember being why like, you, "Why are you laughing, Bruno? It's not, it's not <laughs> funny." Bro. But uh, no, what I did with me and my buddies was, oh man, I haven't told this story in so long. I forgot this happened. I, I went up with me and my buddies, and we we got a uh, we did like the star eight six thing, and we called what they called their leader because there was like one person who led the wolf pack who didn't wear a tail, right? So I called and I and I and I pretended to be like we made our own vampire gang in our high school, and it was just me and three of my buddies. And I remember they were like we like I muffled my voice and I did this with my voice so that I didn't sound like I was me, and uh, and it was like a whole big thing. I never told that, but if any of those people are listening to the Open Podcast right now, they're going to be like, damn it! It was him! <laughs> no, they're going to be mad at their leader. Like, think about that guy. He just made them all wear tails, and he just got to walk around normal. I better. I hope it's not a full moon tonight, dude. Otherwise, we might, we might, not, we might not be able to any more episodes. Dude, you are like the real-life troll. Oh, I, <laughs> you're, 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 I used to be super you into trolls, the internet. Man. I do it like I do it like nicely, though. I can't be too mean. Otherwise, I'll feel bad. Like just me, like who I am. I can't like troll like how you do because you like you'll just snap yeah. the whip and like I'm like, dude, Varun's nuts. And um, and uh, <laughs> I'm over here like if I say a joke, I have to say just kidding or I have to be like, hey, nah, you know I'm joking. I can't like leave it at that because last time I did, I got roasted and I was like, well, that that obviously hurt their feelings, you know. I I think I think it's more of an Aussie thing though. Like you're just super sarcastic <laughs> and just you know you don't you don't really like. And, you know, over here, like, bullying is kind of like a part of culture. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of just like, um, what do you call it? It's just like, it's just like friendly banter. Like, no one takes it too seriously. Whereas I think, like, someone like Gordon, who is kind of like a socially inept 12-year-old, um, he's like, he kind of takes offense to everything. He's a little bit of a softy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely am very hard to. I would say I don't know. I'm gonna get Danny's opinion on this too. I would say I'm pretty hard to offend because I don't take anything very seriously neither. But I understand that other people do, so I will feel bad because I don't understand what people feel bad about anymore. Like Danny and I have a friendship. I'll make fun of Danny, and like he knows I'm kidding, so he'll laugh and I'll laugh, and it's like whatever. Like like somebody like you, I would be able to make fun of you, and you make fun of me, and I would never take offense because even if you said something that would be like inherently offensive, like you made fun of something that made me insecure you don't know that that's insecuring for me. So I don't take offense to it because it's like, whatever, that guy's not like researching what makes me offended and like trying to offend me. You know? 
No, he's like, he's just telling a joke. He's a guy from Australia, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it depends on who you grew up with. Like, my friends used to always make fun of me, and I thought that was, like, really funny. Mm-hmm. But, like, some people, they didn't grow up with a friends group where they were that close and they could, you know, have that type of banter. So it's just not normal for them. It's not natural. True. Very true. Well, that's it for my Instagram questions. <laughs> bio questions. Uh, oh, actually, I do. I, I do have one more, but Danny, if you want to ask a question first, you can. Yeah, no, I was just going to ask about, since you started training when you were six, um, like the Australian jiu-jitsu scene, it's pretty big now, but I would imagine it was much smaller when you started training. So do you want to talk about like what it was like training in Australia and how that scene kind of compared to the U.S.? I mean, obviously, when you were six, you probably didn't have a pulse on the U.S. scene, but like, what was it like training in Australia? Like, Were there just a few academies? Um, uh, honestly, I was, I think I was, like, too unaware at the time to just, like, like to even kind of make, make a full and, what do you call it, analysis of the situation, but, um, but there was still, like, competitions and things, they weren't nearly as big as they are now, but, you know, it, feel, it feels like, pretty, it feels like there's just, like, more gyms around rather than, like, the whole scene, if that makes sense, like, it, it there hasn't been much of a change in, in the jiu-jitsu or the type of people involved in the whole scene, like, just kind of, on that, there has been over the years, there's been, in a, a change of type of people like there's a lot more like um there's a lot more aussies like running gyms down they kind of have like a different vibe compared to a lot of the brazilians over here but just i don't want to turn this into like a racing or anything but like um uh but yeah there's just like more aussies running gyms now and they kind of like uh i think it's just the people over here in particular i think they uh there's like the uh, the kind of i'm sure i don't want to like make this like too uh too kind of like political but there's a lot more there's a lot more politics like there was a lot more politics back then and just kind of it's getting like a little more exposed now in the Australian scene like a lot of the coaches over here they kind of didn't want to like they didn't want you to uh my, my coach was good about that he was like cool for cross training and things but there, there's a lot more encouragement for cross training now like all the boys like um that I train with we call ourselves like the resistance because like we all, <laughs> we all basically like left or got kicked out of our gyms and then like we kind of just started training together that's kind of <laughs> Yeah, so there's like a lot less of like a, a political barrier now when it comes mm. to gyms. Yeah, I think that's pretty common for even in the U.S. I think even what ten years ago, Jake, like not as many schools were cross training. It wasn't as common. People didn't have as strong as relationships with people from other gyms. Um, it seems like it's changing even here now. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it, I wasn't really keen to it ten years ago. Again, I was I was thirteen ten years ago, so uh, it's a little different. Danny remembers ten years ago. I don't remember 10 years ago. 10 yeah, years ago, I was Danny. Yeah, Danny's 31 years old. So I, yeah. 10 years ago to him, he was my age. So it's like, that's weird to think about. This guy's one of my best yeah, friends. Yeah, really is. <laughs> best one of, but one of my best friends is uh, going to be a grandpa. I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> a joke. It's <laughs> a joke. It's a total joke. Uh, what I was going to ask about was your match breakdowns. Because <clears throat> you do a lot of match breakdowns. And uh, they seem to get a lot of good traction. And... You definitely have a very good, uh, just from the interview that we've been doing so far, pretty good voice for explaining things, very eloquent. So tell me about like when you first decided to start doing that and some of the good feedback you've been getting from that. Uh, well, I just went psychotic during quarantine and I had to like <laughs> do something to keep me occupied. And then like, so then that, those, those breakdowns took like 12 hours out of my day. So like, this wow. is kind of just, this kept me like occupied. So, you know, that, that was pretty much it. Like, you know, uh. It was cool. Like, I got positive feedback straight from the first one. Like, um, the one I did with Andy Murasaki and Lucas Bertazio, everyone really enjoyed it. I was like, fuck, I might as well just keep this up. 
you know, just people kind of enjoyed it. And, uh, and yeah, and then I just did a few more and I kind of like went a little more into details. I, I wanted to give like a few more details that people hadn't really seen before, like especially when it came to bolos. They kind of like I did that Tynan and Alex Muniz one in those um, in the uh, in the Gussie one. Uh, Gustavo Batista, sorry, uh, the Gustavo Batista and Max Lindblad one, and just kind of wanted to go a little more into like areas that not many people know much about. Mm. <clears throat> I'm glad you didn't uh, review any matches of me losing over quarantine because uh, definitely had a couple <laughs> okay. rough ones there where I got bolo'd. Yeah, I got bolo'd by Gabriel Arges, and I remember being like, "Damn it! Like I love this ball. <laughs> oh, I got bolo'd by <laughs> choked. Like if only I would have seen Varun's breakdown before this match. Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> It would have been even worse if I, like, got off the mat, went back to my hotel room, and there's already a breakdown being made about the match. And I'm like, come on! So how did you choose which matches uh, you wanted to break down? Was that just based on, like, you knew there was, like, some bolo stuff in there or just other details that you wanted to share? Was it based on that? Um, uh, later on, but earlier on, I was just looking for matches that I wouldn't get copyrighted for. That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, sure. I just remembered like, uh, just like the uh, like the Lucas Bertazzo and Andy Murasaki match. I was like, oh, that was like pretty action packed, you know. Yeah. And then and then um and then later on, I just started looking for matches where it was just like one sided dominations that ended in like three minutes because the breakdowns took too long to make. <laughs> <laughs> I got pretty lazy with it. Oh wow, yeah, you do you do a lot of like keyframing. You do, are you are you um what what editing software are you using? Are you using like Final Cut Pro? No, I use the pirated version of Adobe Premiere Pro. You probably could have just said Adobe Premiere. You didn't have to out yourself. Uh, <laughs> the one I stole. Um, yeah, the one that I illegally obtained, that version. I have to say that because it's what I did. I'm an honest guy, but I stole something. Um, but look, so this is unimportant. What I was going to say was I like that you use advanced editing software and you put like you know, you point to what you're explaining towards and stuff like that. Particularly, I'm looking at the uh, Leon Delo versus Clark Gracie match from 2013 Copa Podio. Um, and you include, like, replays. It's really smart. I think that a lot of people who make, you know, who who make match breakdowns don't make an effort to point out things. Like, we do, we do this. Uh, it'd be, it might be a lot of fun to have you on an episode. We do this thing called Zooming In. Uh, and when we go on a Zoom call and we use the tools on the Zoom call, we pause, we talk. And it's more casual. It's not like a super like edited breakdown version yeah, of yours yeah. but i'd love to invite you on as like kind of an expansion to see like hey pick pick a match and we'll, we'll invite you back uh for a youtube video <clears throat> and we'll do something like this because i really like this idea and i think it, i think it's it's smart that you used adobe premiere or or final cut whether it was pirated or not i think it's a, a smart <laughs> definitely definitely not pirated definitely not. it's not <laughs> just, let's just leave no, it at it's, it's not just, uh, I'm I'm a 100% honest person, you know. Just, <laughs> I don't I don't do those type of things. I'm an honest guy, so <laughs> you, guy. We believe, <laughs> totally believe you. Do you have a favorite uh, match breakdown that you did so far? Pardon? Do you have a favorite match breakdown that you put out so far? I liked. Uh, my favorite one is probably the um the Gustavo Batista and Tommy Langacker match. And it's like, oh, yeah. just because I've like done, I've, I've watched that match so many times and just, um, yeah, I think that was just like, I think that was probably like the best one I put out so far. Who, uh, who won that match? Was uh, like, Gussie passed him. Yeah. No, wow. no, uh, Gussie passed him and then, um, yeah. And then just kind of bringing it to stored. <laughs> yeah, bro, you got to give everyone a little nickname. 
That's funny. Yeah, no, he definitely. Uh, man, Gustavo is very hard to, very hard to fight. Yeah. All right. Just, so, did we ever? Did we ever ask you how you got into jujitsu? This episode, did we already ask that question, Danny? Uh, no. You, you asked me when I started. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, I got I I got into jujitsu. I had like a friend at school that kind of like that did it as well. My mom, like you know, his mom's dude, like they just kind of talk. And uh, and then yeah, I just got dragged into a class one day. My mom described it to me as like WWE. <laughs> and I was really into like um, ironically one of my favorites at the time at the time was CM Punk, which is pretty funny. <laughs> and like he had like he had like the submissions in the actual video game that I played all the time. And then yeah, that was pretty that was pretty funny. Just how it kind of turned around a few years later. Oh, that's really funny. So when he made his UFC debut, were you just bumping Taylor Swift, freaking excited out of your mind? <laughs> I didn't think I was I was listening to Taylor Swift back then. I, I think I think it was only like yeah, now but uh, <laughs> now but um it was it was actually pretty cool. I liked seeing him, you know. Just he gave it a shot. He got he got obliterated, but Mickey <laughs> Mickey Gall. Man, he got kicked in the head so hard or punched in the head so hard he got a cauliflower instantly. Like CM you see Punk? that? CM Punk got got do you not see him after the fight when he was getting the oh, yeah. while he was getting his hand raised? I, I CM Punk that. had a gigantic cauliflower that he had taped because it was going to burst. Can you imagine getting hit in the head so hard that cauliflower ear is like, dude, there's too much blood. We It's going to burst. My ear's going to explode. That'd be incredible. That'd be, that'd be, I can't even imagine it. He should have just said you should have seen the other guy. Just, that's the automatic <laughs> one you go to. Mm. He was a good sport about it too, CM was. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he, was yeah a, he was really cool. He was really cool about it. Yeah, I liked is that he actually trained at a legit camp. He trained with Duke Rufus. So he wasn't training with just a bunch of, you know, nobodies. He actually sought out like a really high level coach. Boy. Yeah, I just, I just think it's hard to get into something at MMA when you're like 36 and don't have yeah. any prior athletic experience, really. Yeah. Like what what are you saying? 36 is old? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Wow. That's right. exactly what I'm it's saying. Only two years past your athletic prime, actually. Scientifically, it's two years past the peak male ability. As an athlete, I think 34 is where you're like, you're cut off. That's like, okay, now it's time to do the decline. But like the ages of 30 to 34, apparently what I read was that, and I don't remember where I read it, but uh, I do I remember that I read it. That, that, that was six. Yeah. Oh, really? It's 36. Yeah, I've got five more years. Damn. CM Punk <laughs> did not use that. He did not use that. 30 <laughs> that cut off. He, he wasted all of his years fake wrestling, getting hit with aluminum chairs. Yeah, man, he he can give it another shot. I think he can go for the title next. I think. Didn't he do another fight? Like he had two fights, didn't he? Yeah, he had he had two fights. I think he lost the second one by decision. I haven't seen the actual fight though, but um, yeah. Was that one in the UFC too? Yeah, it was in the UFC as well. He just Uh apparently just got like kind of smashed. Hmm. The thing is, I think what what was one of the craziest things about watching the UFC nowadays is specialists are like falling by the wayside kind of i mean israel adesanya is like the only other i feel like he's like the last specialist that like is winning with his own like kind of one-dimensional style other than obviously now he's probably about on ernie Galvão and he does have some i believe he does have a semblance of wrestling but let's be honest if a good wrestler and a good striker were to take him down and like make the fight a little bit less on your feet like kelvin gaslam kind of threatened right I think that that's like an interesting dynamic, but Israel Adesanya is like a specialist. I mean, I don't really know any other people who only stay on the feet and strike and are super successful like him. 
right? I mean, Stipe's yeah. All-American uh, all wrestler, right? And he keeps it on the feet, but he can take it down if he wants to, like he's gonna against Francis Ngannou again. Yeah. <laughs> if he gets knocked out, are, they, are they fighting again? Dana White said that uh, it's confirmed Ngannou versus Stipe, and then the winner of that, and Jones get the, gets a crack at the winner of that. So, giving John Jones more opportunities, I don't agree with it. I think John Jones should. Yeah, I don't think he should be treated he's, like a superstar. He's definitely he's a not a great. Yeah, he's yeah, he's definitely like, <laughs> like man, it's like say what you want. Okay, here, say what you want about Gordon. But Gordon has never done anything harmful to the community. He just no, he's done some good things. Too. He's done some like, amazing things yeah. to the community, such as like teaching his stuff and like putting out DVDs. He's easy to make fun of because he hasn't actually done anything bad. John Jones has hit a pregnant lady with his car and then tried to go away. Like that is not cool. If Gordon yeah, did that to the community, he would be outed. He would be ousted. Like he would not be he would not be allowed to stick around. So I don't know why they treat, you know, and then like Connor, like punching an old man in the bar, like dude, that, and then yeah, Mike Harris doing the same thing, but people love these people. I don't know. That's like I don't agree with that. I can't I don't make fun yeah, of them. I tell people that they're just, bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like um yeah, it that like, you know, they shouldn't be trying to promote like people like that, but you know, at at the end of the day that kind of like with on their side, like uh like on the business side, like it just it makes them money. So that they're gonna keep like they're going to keep pushing those guys as much as they can, which is, which is kind of shitty, but, you know, just yeah. the way yeah, it is, Yeah, for Connor, especially with, like, the whiskey thing, it kind of – his that story about that incident kind of tied into his whiskey company. So, yeah, yeah I yeah. definitely know what you mean. Whiskey worth fighting an old man over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Varun. Uh, I have a I have a question that kind of ties into that. So marketing, building your brand. These are all things we just talked about and how it kind of plays into the MMA community. But with you being uh, – a pretty personable and pretty a funny individual as well as having these match breakdowns and competing at a high level. What do you, what do you see? Like, what is your vision for yourself in your Brazilian jiu-jitsu career? Uh, I want to win black belt worlds, then get fat and take super fights. That's about it. <laughs> get fat. And take, like, what kind of fat though? You want your belly to actually like, you want to have like yeah, a big I mean, belly, like, or do you want to be fat like generally? Like you just want to be heavier. Like, is that like a euphemism? Or you? Uh, no, no. By, by get by get fat, I just mean not dieting anymore. Okay, like Chris Pratt, Parks yeah, and Rec. Yeah. That's what you. Want. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like I just I just don't like you know I just I really hate cutting weight. Like that's just like I I I eat cookies while I'm on my diet. Like I I deliberately like take out other foods in my day to eat cookies, and I still go like psychotic. It's wow. just like. <laughs> I don't cut weight either, is, so I understand. That. I've been competing in medium heavy. I could cut down the middle, probably, but I don't want to. I, I want to be able no, to eat you, the, no, the cookies. You're, you're a big guy, bro. That's like I'm six no, three, no, but I'm not cut. big. I don't know what big. I don't know what your definition of big I'm, might no, be the same I, I, I'm, like, fat. I'm like five five and sixty kilos, so that's like it's you're not right, as a fellow. Not as big, as me, I guess. But uh, uh so you can I ask in rooster? Yeah, rooster. Okay, nice. It's so a good division, dude. No, no, no. It's it's ties into what I'm saying because I mean they got to think. I just like to think about these things, right? Because one of the things that we do on this podcast is we try to get to know like the up and comers, and that's what and you're one of those unique ones, right? You train with and like being able to learn under Levi. Like I've known Levi forever, right? And I've seen Levi. I've seen him go from like, okay, this kid's crazy good to like, all right, this kid is obvious. Like now people know, you know, like I've known forever. <laughs> <laughs> so what I like to uh, I like to get to know people because then one day when you're successful I'll be able to look back and be like I knew that I knew he used that to have happen. Taylor Swift and unicorns in his Instagram bio 
like, dude, <laughs> I'm gonna make a freaking, I'm gonna make a highlight video and I'm gonna put it on open guard cast and it's just gonna go. And I'm lying on the cold hard ground. Fat take. Then we're just gonna be watching in Cookie's room like, yeah, that's me. Has <laughs> maybe. That was before I got fat. <laughs> and we're gonna be sitting Express just like it's just our thing. We don't know why we eat this horrible food. Michael Sears said so. By the way, Flow Grapple, if you're listening to this, please update the rankings. Please update the Blackboard rankings. Man, they don't update the rankings. Have they, have, have, they, have, uh, have they put you in there? I I am in the Blackboard rankings. I'm just saying this now. I'm not gonna. This is this is not me stealing from your interview. I just I've been messaging Michael Sears like, hey man. So hope you had a great <laughs> I New Year. Pretty well at Nationals. Uh, the number three and number five guy. Fucking <laughs> Michael Sears, eh? Just <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> he doesn't like that I have an impression of him. I think that's why he's not updating the ranking for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. So we hear the Verun Marota, Marotra. Sorry. Um, Danny. <laughs> Before I go too hard on the impression. <laughs> All right. So I want to ask you about because uh, you, you talked about an interesting topic about like how when you started training when you were a kid, you didn't really carry over a lot of the stuff that you did into your adult competitions, or like it's what you learned earlier isn't really part of your game right now. So like. Would you say you started learning the Barambolo and like specializing in that when you first started taking privates with the Levi? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the that was the first point where I kind of learned it from and just kept on like trying it, you know, and just kept on pestering him, like asking him about reactions and how to counter them. Yeah. And yeah, so, that was about it. So you would say you've been doing it for about like four years, and it's been like the main focal point of your game, right? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah for about four years, just like you know, okay. I've been doing that like a fair while so, now. What's your take on uh, what Keenan said about the Barambola? Oh, I fucking love it. He's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> Explain. Right. Explain. He's a fucking funny cunt. He's just like talking <laughs> shit. Just like his, because all the, uh, just like all, uh, all the, um. All the fucking Barambolo guys are all just fucking nerds, you know, just, they're just, <laughs> they were just like, you got, you got Mikey, you know, you just like got like a fucking little sugar high during that interview and started going crazy. It's the funniest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> oh Wait, was it, are you talking about the one where Mikey had Keenan on his podcast? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. man, that one was, that was crazy. Did you see that, Jake? I saw, I didn't see the full interview, but I saw that there was like the clash of uh, the guys who have birthday, <laughs> clash of opinions here. <laughs> I saw that, um, <laughs> but uh, I am like, I here's the thing, dude. Okay, okay. So your real opinion? What is your real opinion of his opinion? But not joking. Like, uh, okay, I think I, with the like with his reaction that he showed, like that kind of like it was kind of stupid to be honest. Like it just kind of all he did was give like the baby bowler, you know? Mm-hmm. Like um, like it was kind of I don't think uh I don't think like. It did stop the Baron Bowler, I yeah. guess, but like you know, it's just you know, it's just um, it's just like how like uh, what do you call it? Say so you're playing guard and you have your legs laying flat on the floor, uh, flat on the floor. You're blocking the stack pass all day, but you're just giving like the easiest bullfighter, or like mm-hmm. the or you can literally just let them step over into mount. He's just giving something easier to stop like that one particular transition. I mean, he was technically right. You, you could, but like this is kind of like. It was kind of just like dumb, you know. Like he's just he's just showing you to give like an easier crab right entry, you know. Mm. It wasn't. I understand what you're yeah. saying. So I think another part of his point was that 
there's like more effective techniques that don't take as long to learn. So he was saying that if you're like an up and coming competitor, you should put your time into other things and it'll take you further than just putting all your time into Baron Bolo. I mean, you should you should never put all your time into just one particular like facet of the game. You need to get you need to get good at everything. Like even for me, like I'm, even though I'm pretty shit at them, I still drill, drill my single legs. Like um, uh, I think uh, I think I'm, I'm not sure. I think you have to learn a little bit of everything. You can't you can't be completely oblivious to like you can't be completely oblivious to one aspect of the game. That's especially where it's so prevalent right now in high level competition. You know, you like. You got you got Mikey Levi, you got um you got Isaac Dodelin, you got all these guys that um that are really really good at burn bullets. You got to have like some kind of knowledge of it, and you got to be able to like you got to be able to do it in order to be able to counter it. You know what I mean? So yeah, like you can you can technically like not play that game and still be successful, but it's just kind of you have to have some kind of knowledge of it rather than just like. Uh, rather, rather than just being completely oblivious to it, and not trying, not trying it whatsoever in training, even like uh, like Leandro Lowe, like he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily like Baron Bolo that much, but like, and he doesn't like take the back very often, but he still hit like that inside Bolo entry on Hidolfo, I think, twenty fourteen World Pro maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like he still he still hit like it was still a little bit that part of that Baron Bolo game. So like, and he's like the most like non type of Baron Bolo person in jiu-jitsu you know what i mean so like i think to like become a high level competitor uh like in terms of what keen is saying is to turn i think you have to just figure out a game that works for you in that way like um i've heard mikey actually put this really well on some podcasts like you just got to be able to find a counter to every reaction you gotta so if you can just counter every reaction and just you can win the transition then that's what's going to make you good at jiu-jitsu it isn't necessarily about a particular position or like um or a singular technique if you know what i mean yeah, I agree 100% with that. I feel like it's about like learning what your body's capable of and using it to like its maximum effectiveness. Like if you're a long, lanky guy, your game is probably there's no single technique that's gonna transfer across every single body type and be effective for everyone. Like I feel like people have to really learn about themselves and then find what works best for them and put time into that. Like you said. Yeah, and also like even like even if uh, you can get two guys doing the same type of technique or the same type of game like the perfect example is um Mikey and Levi they got complete like polar opposite body types apart from like them just not being fat you know <laughs> um like they got like they got like they got like pretty similar body types you know like i mean pretty opposite body types like Levi is really he's got really really long legs and a shorter torso and Mikey's got really really short legs and uh, and a longer torso mm-hmm. did, did i say that correctly yeah Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, and you know, they still they still play like a really really similar game. Like the way that they pummel their legs, the way that they uh, that they frame, and like the way that they bolo is like fairly similar, even though there are still some differences. Um, I think it's just you just have to adapt everything like to kind of your body type or like, you know, maybe like you just yeah exactly you just got to adapt it to your body type. And, you know, you can't really. I don't think it's good to like rule out singular techniques or just and be like, oh, that's not for me. Like, say you're not flexible enough to do a particular technique just work on getting a little more flexible because you want to be able to do the jiu-jitsu that you that you like really want to do if you know what i mean yeah. just like rather like uh, rather than like kind of just be unhappy with your jiu-jitsu and just like restrict yourself to a certain aspect of the game so we talked about your match breakdowns and i think studying jiu-jitsu is like something that almost all high-level competitors 
do, like either studying their opponents or studying in terms of like adding stuff to their game. So at what point did you start really studying matches and like paying attention to the competition scene in the high level black belts? Probably about last year. Oh, like so really, pretty yeah, recently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't really, I, I didn't have a flight subscription. I didn't, um, yeah, I didn't, didn't really study much. I watched like Levi's matches. That's about it, just because he's my friend. Um, but no one else really. I only really started watching like last year, and like uh, Levi got me watching a few people. He got me watching uh, Batista. He got me watching like just a bunch of dudes. Jake you Watson. Jake, what? Yeah, of course. Yeah. The goat. The goat, yeah. The goat. <laughs> no, the unicorn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, you ever call me the unicorn, I'll know that you meant it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you, you, uh, uh, um, you, you fucking bash Levi at a Purple Boat Pens. Just. Whoa, bashed? Let's calm down. He <laughs> the crap out of me in my division, and then I squeaked by in the open. I'll be honest with you. That was the, the open division match was a crazy awesome match, right? But the match in our division, he destroyed me. He took bitter and bullet me, and I here's the thing. I went to the match knowing. I was like, all right, he's going to bitter and bullet me, right? He's going to try. <laughs> I had my defense in my head, but then he did it to my, my right leg side, not my left leg side, and I fight my left leg forward. So I wasn't ready for that. And then he took my back, and I was like, well, this is great. This is semifinal. I'm going to hear about this from Varun. Damn it. Yeah, man, give it five years, dude. Give it five years. <laughs> hear about this. Not it for, not for you bashed him. Not for, don't, don't take that. Just losing his mentality, you know? Just you can't. I have too much <laughs> fun doing to really care that much about a loss three years ago. So, like... I mean, it's not like, uh, and you know, we so I'm being a dick right now. <laughs> oh, dude, pff, go for it, because I love Levi. Trust me, me and him have had some. I don't think we'll ever fight again, probably, because I'm medium heavy and he competes. Oh, he doesn't compete lightweight anymore, does he? He competes middle. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I think he was gonna do lightweight for the original pens in March, just because uh, Jefferson and uh, Felipe were there at mm -hmm. middle. But um, but I think because Jefferson wasn't in a, uh, Jefferson wasn't in America. Oh, he wasn't America at the time, but he just wasn't doing pens. He's timed up for middle uh, for, uh, for the for the weird pens. It was it was a lot of fun, but it was weird. Um, yeah, that's where I fought Gustavo and got and got actually bashed. I actually got smashed by Gustavo. Um, Never, you put up a good fight earlier on. So you early on for the first thirty seconds. Okay, I'm I'm a realist when it comes to my jujitsu performance, right? It, honestly, okay, here's one thing about about Gustavo. I think everybody can learn from uh, circling out and making sure you always have one of their legs in between your legs. I think is such an awkward thing to fight against, and that's one thing that Gustavo does so well. He literally shoved my foot in between his legs, pinched his legs, and lowered his level. I was like, I need to learn how to do that because he's about to pass my guard. I was like, oh my goodness, I am yeah. scared. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, the Leandro thing. Like where where if anyone has an upper body guard on Leandro, he like he never progresses forwards really. He only like he only like he he doesn't keep his weight on you whenever you have upper body guards, and he kind of retracts back. And that's kind of what the same thing that Batista does. He kind of like he kind of goes back a little bit, and then he can kind of he uh, grabs like the toes and then stuffs it in between. That's yeah. like something you do yeah. Both him and Leandro do that super well. Just, well, I'm gonna have to watch out for that when I fight Leandro too, then because I did not like it. I hated it. I got back to the bolo after that match, dude. I was like, I need a De La Hiva option because I've been doing collar and sleeve for, like, ever. And, like, I've just been doing collar and sleeve since I fought uh, Hibamar at Fight to Win in, like, in like January. And ever since then, I've been doing collar and sleeve. And then that fight happened, and I was like, I need something else again because that didn't work out. That was awful. 
you gotta go waiter on his um you gotta go waiter on his what do you call it yeah you can just go waiter on him like uh i'm pretty sure uh did roberto jimenez did that too on his did roberto... you're gonna underhook his right leg when you go waiter yeah probably because he wants to step over yeah, he wants to step he's... over your, your left leg it's just hard right. because like but it's, he's also really good at shin slicing that's the problem Hmm. You know, yeah, when like you go that. to transition for that, I'm definitely gonna study film. Yeah, I think I think I think for Gussie, you have to go kind of like close guard and then just like attack him from there because he's just really really good. <laughs> My initial game plan immediately after the fight was I'm never pulling on that guy again. I thought I'm just gonna try to pass because I'm really confident in my passing too. I think my passing has gotten a lot better at black belt and it wasn't good before that. Um, <clears throat> so I'm gonna try to pass next time I fight him. I'm definitely gonna like let him pull and see what I can do from there. But I also like I rushed in, dude. I was he he uh I expected a slow fight. Like I was like, okay, I'm gonna take my time and like get a good pull. And then he rushed me down, and I was like, oh. Then I tried to jump, and I it didn't work out. So I I got like I got scared. I got like freaked yeah. out because he like kind of just I expected like a circle, you know. But he just went yeah. And he just ran at me. And I was like, dude. Yeah. Not th- that's 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 the whole reason he does that. He did that against uh Max <clears throat> Lindblad at that AJP comp. He mm-hmm. like he kind of like rushes the dude to like scare them. And then, you know, you kind of yeah. want to pull because you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Cause, it works on like, me. Might... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll fuck, I'd be scared, too. <laughs> <laughs> he is very strong, too. Like, uh, him, yeah. him, Devontae Johnson's very strong as well. Kynan. Don't even talk. I won't get started. When I fought, I fought Kynan the same day I fought Levi. I fought him after I fought Levi. And that was, oh sucked. God. This is the worst. The guy, like, shuts down everything you do. Literally can't move. <laughs> I want to be that strong. Kainan looks sick. He 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 looks very very strong. It'd be fucking annoying to fight him. <laughs> <laughs> very very annoying. Yeah, I was talking about his. Fights, I don't have to fight any of these guys. Yeah, exactly. I was talking about I his got... match with Leandro in the final of the worlds. Like how much stronger he oh, looked than him. Dude. Just manhandled dude. him. It was crazy. Yeah, really scary stuff. Dude, man, he he Leandro'd Leandro in that one. He did that same side bullfighter to the throw by and then like throw by on the other side. That was fucking mm-hmm. hectic. Just yeah. <laughs> I was just like, what's uh, happening? Was, this should be me. <laughs> yeah, I imagine Leandro was yeah. probably. I would be scared. Yeah. Yeah. Never no, the weird moment. thing is the weird thing is though, Leandro is so good at countering like his own style. It's like weird. Because he goes he goes like whenever anyone goes same uh, like a uh, same side sleeve on him, he just like bullfights to that Delhiba side all day. Like it's just he has an uncanny ability to do that. It's actually quite ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. looked he looked pretty good at the BGJ Star show. Yeah, we, we did a we did a review show of that after after he won, and that was a lot of fun too. He uh man, I'm really excited for him. Like hopefully still competing as an adult, because one of my one of my dreams when I was coming up was I want to fight him. You know what I mean? Not like a malicious way, but like I wanted I wanted to like be on the mat with him because he was the guy I modeled my game after early, just getting under the leg and sweeping, and then I got like an ankle lock thing going, and then I became that guy for a long time. And uh, and I still do that and in, in fight to win and stuff like that. I still love to do the footlock game and I still love to do it in jujitsu tournaments anyway. But I really want to. Is there anybody? This is a good question. Is there anybody competing? Like, who do you see? Like, oh man, I want to compete against that guy. It could be any belt, but like, you see them and you're um, like, I want to compete against that guy. I was going to ask uh, that too. <laughs> fucking all of them, bro. <laughs> I really want to fight um Alex. Uh, I want to fight Alex Audrey and um and Bruno. I think I think. I think like what, by the time I get to Blackwell, I can take Bruno's back on mountain. Like I think I think that's like 
I got like a very specific like game plan for him. That's <laughs> cool. interesting that you said Alex Sodre because I've trained with him quite a yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, he came. I, oh, so he came to. I, uh, oh, go ahead. On, on, is this because I saw that fight with Mikey? I was like, fuck, I want to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's very good. I trained with him before he won Brown Belt Worlds, and then he comes back to uh, my academy that I train at every once in a while too oh, awesome. to train. Yeah. Oh, okay, Ned. Trained yeah, with his brother too. Like a, his brother's like, a beast. Oh, Diego looks good as well, bro. He's like he's he did well at that, uh, at that at that spider comp earlier this year. Mm-hmm. He fought yeah. uh he fought uh Fabricio. Yeah, Fabricio Andre. That was a yeah. great fight. Yeah, yeah. Fabricio Andre is also another guy I want to fight. I think, like I think uh like my style of guard would like do really well against his against his passing. I just like. Okay. What about Mayrum? It, it just seems like a fun fight. Dude, that's a fucking fun fight. I like that one. <laughs> what about like, Mikey? I think, I, I, Talking about not wanting Mikey. to be Rooster, he's light feather. That's like the next division up. You don't want to be Rooster. You're, by the time you're black belt, you're probably going to be 21, 22 years old, right? If, so, I, I, if I can like footlock Mikey, that would be like a dream accomplished. <laughs> I always said, because when I saw him, when I saw Mikey sign up for the Open, or no, he yeah, he signed up for the... Uh, he didn't sign up for the Open at Pans, but I was like, if he signs up for the Open and I get him first match, I'm going for a footlock right off the bat. And I love Mikey. But Mikey, I, I will try to footlock Mikey. And if he bear and blows me, I will live and buy, die by the sword, dude. I do not care. <laughs> I no. I am footlocking that little guy. No, what, what, you try, what you try and do is you get your footlock and you try and break his shin. Like, because you're a big guy, right? Like, yeah. you know, you should, you, should, you should be able to, like... That's like the that's like the one thing that's the that's the reason why I think that's like part of why Mikey's so confident going up to open weight because it's like his legs are so small it's kind of hard to footlock him like the the only move that a small guy can't defend is like that shin breaker and that's like that's the main reason I don't I don't want to do open weight because I got longer legs and just like if they just grab that shit I'm fucking I'm toast. Yeah, he definitely has tiny little legs, doesn't he? I mean that's that was my game plan against I fought João Gabriel uh, Souza. Not the big one. I fought him too, but it didn't go as well. Uh, uh, Sosa, Juan Gabriel Sosa, he had, he's short as well. And I remember it was the Long Beach Open in 2017, and Danny was there. And I yeah. footlocked him. Like I, I was like, this little guy is going to pass my guard. I do not want that. I'm going to footlock him right away. So I did, and it worked. And I was like, okay, if I ever fight a small guy in the open division, that's going to be my game plan every time, is just to go for a footlock. Because I feel like it's going to work. And like even if it doesn't, it's a good attack. There's always going to be a chance. Because I believe in my footlock on everybody already. But... Yeah. Just a matter. Yeah, you had it, that good one against uh, was it Mateus Lino? Uh, at Pans, at Pans, I broke. I think I broke his foot because he uh, yeah. he couldn't fight the rest of the fight. And then Mateus, freaking Mateus, that fight that fight was hard. But um, and that was that was a lot a lot of back and forth weirdness between me and Mateus Lino. But oh, at Pans, man, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't, go on, go on. I, I didn't get a footlock at Pans. I didn't. Uh, no? I don't think I did. No, I got a choke from the back oh. against a guy named. Uh, uh, I forget I forget his name, but no, he's. I, I remember you just hold the footlock for like a long ass time there. Yeah, yeah that was that's gonna break, right? It, no, yeah. dude, it went. <laughs> and I was like, all right, there's no more popping in this foot, right? So I just <laughs> held it and kept arching whatever was left, and then he didn't he didn't end up tapping, but he couldn't stand on it. it like it was like broke, yeah. so he yeah. just fought the rest of the fight in my close guard and like would try to get up and he'd go back down. I would try to choke and then he got DQ'd uh in my close guard so i was like well okay i, I can't really complain i mean i might as well oh. have locked him wasted like seven minutes of my life there yeah yeah dude oh <laughs> man one of my um one of my mates uh lucas mm-hmm. uh lucas canard he he fought him i think at purple belt 
and it's like it is like the the one thing that the Luna Brothers they all do is like they do that uh, they skirt the edge of the boundary. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> yeah. It's just like it's the it's, I, I was watching I was watching I forgot what his name was but the the heaviest one I watched him fight at Worlds last year and I was just like fuck that would be just like a nightmare. Just, it was a nightmare. I just get. I'd be tempted to like punch them in the face. Like if I was like, <laughs> <laughs> get away from, dude. When I okay, so like I love them. I think that okay, I love uh, I love both the Luna brothers. I do like as people, right? You, you like them as people, but you fucking hate their jujitsu. Man, just like the, the grappling them is like just so hard. Machias is a little more like he was more willing to play jujitsu. Mateus will not. Mateus is just is like he's just got the rule book under his left <laughs> arm dude and like and i and i can't fight him even at fight to win it was like a super hard fight because like he was trying to go he was on the outside i'm like dude it's not the same like we'll reset in this submission like this is fight to win you know like i'm trying to submit you i'm trying to bring and bowl you and at world or at pan am's i guess it would be kind of 2020 worlds uh but pan am's this last time when i fought him in the semifinal or the quarterfinal i remember just being like the whole fight i was like i'm so pissed like i can't I don't know why I'm sucked into the edge of the mat. Like, it's like, it's so alluring. It's like there's sirens and I'm on a boat. Like, I want to go in the water, you know? Uh, I think what you have to do, you have to, like, take the piss out of it and just, like, uh, kind of, you know what Muragali did to Liege, like, 2017 words, where he did, like, that arm thing? Yeah. Little, the bird wing him. thing? Yeah, just, like, uh, what you should do, just, like, back up to the edge of the boundary. In this, like, let's <laughs> see who gets penalty. a penalty first. <laughs> play, uh, what do you call it? Play chicken with them. <laughs> I, I, I feel like, uh, I've definitely done some stuff like that in matches, and, uh, and I've definitely, like, I, I, I have a thing, and I feel like it'd be kind of fun. Is there anything you do? Like, do you, okay, you obviously have a lot of fun competing, right? I feel like, me as a person, I never take anything super duper serious including competition and this is not like me saying i don't want to be a world champion because i do but i feel like i operate best when i'm having fun so if there has there ever been any moments in fights where you find yourself like like laughing or smiling or like do you, how often does that happen for you in tournament where like something like you'll just it'll just be having a fun time and be laughing because that happened to me dude, at american nationals dude i'm the complete opposite i get like it's weird because the guy at the taylor swifty gets like the most like intense like before every fight, wow. <laughs> I'm like I'm like I'm like what do you call, I'm like staunching everyone like before the uh, like before I go on for like four hours beforehand. I'm like walking up and down like the stadium, and I'm just like staunching everyone that I, uh, that like like I just have like a little like posture that I do, and it's like I'm getting like so hyped up beforehand like four hours even it doesn't matter. Dang. It's, you know, it's like it's, it's I don't know that's just like kind of how my process is because like I tend to get like too chill before fights. Mm. Um. Yeah, I had that problem. Now I have to like psych myself up and like, I kind of just get like really, really intense. And I don't like, I don't joke around. Uh, I don't joke around like in terms of in the actual fight. Like I'll joke around beforehand and stuff, but um, but in the actual fight, I'm like dead serious. Like I am there to like to like do a job. That's very interesting. What about you, Danny? Um, I feel like I kind of have a balance. I'm not like too relaxed or too hyped up usually. Mm. Um, I mean, you guys are better competitors than me, so. I'll listen to you guys and defer it's my debatable. opinion. <laughs> Danny's a black belt, Varun. Just want to let you know that. Recently uh, promoted in 2020 by Marcio Andre. Anyway, I uh, just wanted to plug my friend there. No, but uh, nice. yeah, well, I mean, I feel like for me, I used to be like, I used to have to find like, my, I wanted to find like my ritual because it used to be like listening to music. Okay, I would listen to music and then I feel good. All right. Ah, but then that stopped working. Okay. 
now I listen to worship music before I go on. But like, I'm not like, I have like one earbud in and I'm talking to people and I really like joking. Like when I, I fought Josh McKinney, who also has, uh, uh, he's been a guest on the show. We've been a guest on his show. He has a podcast. I was like taking Instagram videos with him before we went out to fight each other. You know what I mean? Like I'm joking with him. And then before I fought Gabriel Almeida, Gabriel is the kind of guy who doesn't want to talk either. So I'll give him his space. But like, I remember he was watching me go and I made a face at him mid fight because I was beating my guy and he's watching me because he's going to fight me next. And I look at him and I'm like, I like point at the guy and I'm like looking at him like that. And then he just smiles back because he knows that I'm just a goofball and we get that we're going to fight each other. You know what I mean? So I think at, at that moment, cause I, we fought each other. That's the third time we fought each other. And it's always been a war every time. It's always been like a freaking crazy match. So I know I'm like, well, I better get my energy drink and drink it because I'm going to need it. And I literally drank a bang before I fought him. And then he was drinking a bang and I like toasted him. It was like, it was a fun time. I think it's fun. It's American nationals. It's the spirit of the competition. Now, if I went to Brazil, Brazilian national, I'd probably be super serious. You know, get my pojadas <laughs> out of the way, go out there. Yeah, yeah, bro. I'm, I'm definitely not going to Brazilian nationals. The amount of shit that I talk, I'm probably gonna die over there. <laughs> <laughs> Wear the open like, guard cast logo on your shirt. You'll be safe. <laughs> yeah, of your saving uh, grace. Just like, like yeah, so I remember. I remember I was. Uh, uh, I met actually uh, Diogo Hayes at Euros. It's like he was like a super cool guy because I uh, uh, had like a fight lined up with him at Cobra Party and then it kind of fell down. But like, you know, it was cool meeting him. But just like, I'm just afraid to go to Brazil, man. Like maybe it's just because like I'm just like my, you know, like privileged, like Sydney boy kind of thing. <laughs> it's just like I get like I get like scared of shit so easily. And it's like just, you know, I'm not sure if I would survive well in Brazil. <laughs> Stuff to say. I went there with my professor when I went. And I was I was yeah, 15 it, when I went, so I had a Brazilian guy with me, so I never felt yeah. too in danger. Yeah, I'd I'd always go with like Marula or something. I wouldn't go like I wouldn't dare go by myself. Just yeah, probably like like I'm just like the most clueless person in general. So <laughs> I just like I just like end up like doing going into the wrong area or something, and then just getting hurt. <laughs> I would love to go back. Like, I really would. Yeah. I want I want to try food over there. That's the main thing. The food? Yeah. Food's super good, dude. You go to like a Brazilian steakhouse. They don't season it with like the same things we season it with. It's like salt. Like salt is their seasoning. And somehow it's freaking incredible. You're like, how is this so good? It's just salt. And my, my <laughs> you know, I'm eating it with my professor. I'm eating rice and beans and salted steak and fried bananas and chicken heart. I'm like, what the hell? Why is chicken heart good? What is this place? Why am I? Wait, wait, hold, hold up. You're talking about fried bananas. Like. What is that? A fried, fried banana? banana? They have that at all the fried banana? They have them at all the Brazilian steakhouses, right? Hey, you never deep fried a banana? Or like just even pan fried a banana? Nah, bro, I'm normal. I'm normal. normal. <laughs> Whoa. Let's calm down there, bleached hair. Right? <laughs> normal is a subjective statement. All right. I'm about to go, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna pan fry a banana in my kitchen right after this episode. I'm gonna take a picture of my <laughs> Speaking of tagging you, here's another actual question. Well, now we're we've been on the topic of fried bananas and salted steak. Uh, why is your Instagram name Short Thick Boy? Instead of just like taking the piss. No, <laughs> I don't understand what he just said. Taking the piss out of something is like making fun of something. So if you said to me, a person who doesn't understand that Australian slang, if you said, if I said, hey, why is Short Thick Boy your Instagram, and you're like, oh, I like taking a piss. That's what Americans just heard. That's what Americans <laughs> just heard. I understand that it means you're making fun of something. I get that. I'm cultured. 
but not everyone is. So why <laughs> is it short, thick boys specifically? Just no particular reason. Just thought just take, take just taking the piss. It's taking the piss. All right, cool, cool. Change my Instagram bio to just no. taking the piss, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Oh, my God. oh, here's a here's another dumb question. I, I don't know if we have any. Danny, do you have any more uh, intelligent questions for this young man? Um, yeah, I do. Do you? you do you do want it. me to go with the intelligent yeah. question first? Okay. Do you have any aspirations to open an academy and be a full time instructor? No. Interesting. Why not? Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm definitely not not like I don't like having that type of responsibility. I'd much prefer to like. I much prefer to do something kind of like what Levi's done with me in a way, just like take like one kid and just like help him out. But um, I would. It seems like I'm not like I'm kind of like the type of person that likes to just like do whatever I want. Like if you if you run a gym or something, you have like a lot of responsibility and you gotta like uh and you gotta like look after a lot of people. And I don't think I'd, I'm personally like the right person for that. I like I like helping people out like at the gym. Like I'll help them technique or whatever. But like. I don't think it, it takes like a lot of effort to like run classes. And if you want it, like if I, if I were to run a gym, I would want it to be like uh, something like unity. And I don't feel like I could kind of like create that environment or, um or what do you call it? Or kind of like have, have this, like the same type of the same, I don't know how you call it, like the same type of atmosphere. I'm not sure if I could kind of create that. And like, if I were to, I feel like I wouldn't be doing like the name justice in a way. Um, Yeah. Like I'm not, it's, I, I don't think I could kind of like, I didn't think I could run a gym like very correctly to be honest I think I'm like I, I think I'm much better as an athlete and like as a friend but, like in just like helping out my teammates rather than like being an official instructor type person yeah that makes sense I feel like when people first started making jiu-jitsu a full-time career that was pretty much their only option but now with social media and the way you're branding yourself and building your following I feel like you're kind of setting yourself up to be able to have maybe like a different type of career in jiu-jitsu yeah, I, I'd much prefer to do that. Like, um, I'd much rather just like have DVDs and and t- and like, just kind of like help people help people out in like a rather than like a big environment. Just kind of like help like a few people out. Like, um, like the boys in Sydney. Like, we I kind of help that uh, like not like help them out in a way. Like, we kind of like we all kind of help each other around. We all help like it's just kind of like a small community, and we kind of like help each other get better. And you know, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not really that big on um on like running a full on like kind of operation if you know what i mean i feel like i'm not really kind of uh i wouldn't be ready for that you know Makes sense. Just, i think I, th- I think if you're gonna run a gym you have to be like you have to be really really ready for it and you have to take on a lot of responsibility and you have to make sure that everyone is kind of you have to manage a lot of people and you have there's like there's a lot involved you know like i kind of i kind of see like the work that someone like marilla does and i know that i wouldn't be able to handle that like he's a very special type of person and like I'm, I'm definitely not. Re- I, I don't think I could ever be ready for that kind of responsibility or for like that kind of um, like he, uh, like that lifestyle almost, like where you have yeah, to wear all li- those yeah, different that, types of hats. Yeah. Yeah, that lifestyle. I don't think I don't think I'd kind of ever be like suit. That's suitable for me, you know. I think it's much mm. better for me to just like help out like one or two people or just be with my friends and help them out. Makes sense. That's very mature of you to be able to. Uh, see that though a lot of people jump into stuff that they're not ready for and it's like it's good that you're of the mindset to understand that that's not something you want to do like it's good on you for that yeah i, I would to say be that self-aware is 
is a very good thing because I feel like mm-hmm. most people in your position, they kind of just see what other people around them are doing or what people who've come before them have done and they just kind of follow that same path. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I think that's really I, cool. I, 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 think, I think it's more like for most people, like it's just like just about making money from jiu-jitsu, you know, and that's like the easiest way for most people to do it, you know, because yeah. like fuck working a normal nine to five for me personally at least <laughs> like I, could, I couldn't do anything i'll just like go crazy but um uh but like it's, it's just kind of like a way for people to make money doing jiu-jitsu and doing something they really like and just like you know and certain like a lot of people you do it right but a lot of people also do it wrong you kind of don't want to be one of those people that does it wrong you want to make sure that everyone gets the most out of the experience at your gym absolutely yeah um, okay, so now since that last intelligent question's out of the way, here's another intelligent <laughs> one. <clears throat> so Australian jiu-jitsu competitors. We've had we've had one other Australian jiu-jitsu competitor come on our show. And his name is Kit Dale. Now I want to get your legend. opinion on Kit Dale. What is your opinion generally of Kit Dale? He'll hear He's this. He's a fucking legend, bro. Oh yeah? <laughs> I fucking right. love him. I love him too. Kit, Kit, Kit's, a, Kit's definitely a buddy of mine. We uh we talk a lot, but that's pretty funny. He um he kind of is doing something different now. He's streaming video games on Twitch like all the time. There's a lot of it. I taught him how and he refuses to give me any credit. <laughs> that's not a lot. Where you at, Kit? Where you at, Kit? Yeah, I'm gonna Where you at, George? <laughs> yeah i'm definitely upset by that but okay that was it that was my last uh, you you think he's a legend i i hope i was hoping you would roast him but i guess there is no roasts to be had for kit dale i'm still looking so, <laughs> oh we also we had another australian point. competitor on we had lachlan on oh my gosh how could i forget about lachlan? He, was, he was very early on in the it was podcast a very early episode so we actually they love lachlan i feel that bad me to another question so we try to have people on from all over the world so which australian competitors on the up and up should we keep our eyes on and should we have on the podcast? Oh, there's, there's a lot. There's like, specifically like the group that I train with is like real, getting real fucking good. Um, you have Tom Strombisky. He's a purple belt. Uh, he's a purple belt, I think heavyweight. Um, he's, he came third at blue belt pens last year. You got Lucas Canard. He's, he's a brown belt, uh, middleweight. And he hasn't like, he hasn't competed. Uh, he's competing a little bit overseas, but he's going to make some like real big waves next year. Uh, um, who else? We got Josh Olsop. He's a purple belt lightweight. He's gonna, he's, uh, he trains to AOJ, but he also trains with the boys back in Sydney. He's doing real fucking well. Um, Ari Tabak, he's like, he's got that guy retention DVD out with Lockie Giles. He's gonna, he's definitely gonna win worlds. Um, who else? Who else? We got Guy Vaccaro. He's, uh, he, he now trains in Byron with Tallison. Uh, he's, he's gonna, he's a blue, but he's a purple belt now. He's a purple belt light feather. He's gonna he's gonna win. Uh, who else? Um, I I don't think I'm forgetting anyone. Uh, you got Levi, obviously. You got um. I'm trying to get him on. Yeah. It's, it's been hard. <laughs> he's a hard he's a hard person to reach. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. never on his phone. Yeah. Who else? I'm trying to I'm trying to think. I think you got you got a few guys on the. I think you got that that dude I, uh, Isaac Mitchell. You got um. He's from Henzo's. Uh, uh, there's oh, you got Nicholas McLeisick. He's 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 from Atos, but he also changed the boys back in Sydney. He he just came a uh, double silver at Euro as a purple belt. Oh, awesome! All right. Yeah. And if you think of anyone else, you'll message them to me. Is that cool? Yeah, for sure, bro. Easy. Sweet. Sweet. 
Alrighty, man. Well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the picture of you all buffed up on the. Uh, yeah, you have to use that one. <laughs> I gotta use that one. that crazy big one. Yeah, I'm gonna use that. Short, thick sure. boy, taking a piss. Oh, oh he's God. taking a piss out of him with this, uh, <laughs> this Photoshop. This crazy Photoshop picture is. Uh, oh my God, I had. Loose. Oh my God, I had I had one kid just like. Oh, uh, like it was so funny. Just like I had, I have, I've had so many people just like come up to me and ask, ask me about that photo. It's so fucking funny. Just, <laughs> it's an amazing yeah, just, photo. Yeah, it's just I've had people just like, uh, like, oh man, I'll tell you guys off air because I don't want to put it public. But um, it's okay, like okay. this one. Yeah, it's so fucking funny, man. You have no idea. This one particular person was asking me if I was like. No, oh no, no, it was actually a few people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's Photoshop, bro. <laughs> like, it's not. <laughs> right, well, like, I didn't add so... twice my body weight and muscle in one yeah, week. Man, yeah, this is not uh, photo edited at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. So, I guess with that being said, Danny, do you have any more questions for our guest? No, that was pretty much it. Thanks again for coming on. That was super fun. Thanks for having me. That was awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, you can follow Varun Marotra uh, at short thick boy that is only thick with one c so he's not that thick thick with two c's thick with thick with three c's it's winter you know what that means so uh short thick boy the boy is b-o-i and there's one c in the word thick no k all right that's how you're gonna spell it uh and also you can follow him on his youtube where he does match breakdowns and all sorts of awesome stuff uh he's really helping the community in that way which is very cool and you can also follow his rise to prominence as he competes so oh do you have anything coming up uh i have like a few local comps coming up um yeah uh yeah not not nothing big that i can think of hopefully if i can get over to america i can um i can compete over there but yeah no no idea at the moment just uh this yeah, there's one local comp called Juju Terrors. That one's gonna be fun. It's like a five minute, five minute matches, but you get like heaps of them. Yeah, that's about it. Hopefully, some more highlight reels. All right, beautiful. So if you uh, guys follow his Instagram, you'll be able to see the results there. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors. All right. We're oh, by the way, do you have any sponsors you want to thank? Yes, I want to thank Browse Fight, Wear the Tape, and also Unity Jiu Jitsu in New York City. They're the best gym in the world. Awesome. Cool. All right, now, sorry, I, I totally did this whole thinking the sponsors thing wrong this time. First episode of 20, <laughs> Jake, pull it together. Um, you can follow us, all, uh, follow us on Open Guard Cast on our Instagram and our Twitter, and also you can uh, leave us a review on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify. We're on YouTube as well. We're gonna have this episode uploaded. Um, thank you so much to Chill Fit Cryo, High Tier Photography, Break New Ground, Marshall Andre Academy, and Madakaba BJJ. Uh, and also, we want to thank Election Performance for making us the thickest, meanest, leanest, swollest men in jiu-jitsu. My goodness. Oh, my gosh. I did lunges the other day. My glutes are on fire. I actually didn't do lunges. <laughs> I have to be straightforward with you guys. I did not do lunges the other day. I was sick. But you know what? I'm going to come out. I'm 2021. You're going to see Jake boy. Watts. My tall, thick boy. Thick boy. You see this short, thick boy? Yeah. I'm making another account. It's going to be tall, <laughs> thick boy. It's just going to have at Electrum Performance, and it's just going to be a big pictograph of my my swole Jake's cheeks. evolution. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> videos of me squatting. People are going to go on that like, my goodness. Million followers <laughs> in the first week because they cannot comprehend the sheer girth of my biceps. Right? Please start an OnlyFans, too. Only <laughs> I have an OnlyFans. So look, <clears throat> I have an OnlyFans. I'll give you guys a sneak peek. YouTube listeners, I'm going to give you a sneak peek of what I post on my OnlyFans. 
this is a ceiling fan. So it's only fans. I only post fans <laughs> on this website. I only, and this is a ceiling fan. Notice I, I gave you guys a sneak peek. Usually that's $25 a month. All right. Let's keep it, let's keep it PC, Jake. Listen, dude, I'm sorry. What wanted a link to it. That is my that is my ceiling fan. If you didn't see it, you're gonna have to subscribe to our YouTube. I'm gonna block that content. Only available for subscribers. Um, that was the stupidest joke I've ever made in my life, but I'm proud I did it because I'm I knew Rude Ru was probably like, "This guy actually have OnlyFans? No, I'm Christian." <laughs> Your break. Please stop uh, OnlyFans. <laughs> it's like, oh, free Bible stuff. Uh, anyway, thank you so much, Varun. Thank you so much, Danny, for the first episode of 2021. This is episode 68 of the Open Guard cast. Next episode is the fateful episode. Who will it be? Who knows? We know. We know who it's going to be, but you don't. You won't know until you see it. All right, Danny. If uh, you don't have any other questions for this young man, then take us out of here. Awesome. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Happy New Year. First episode of 2021. And, yeah, just wish everyone the best. And a happy, healthy year, and we'll see you guys on episode 69 next week.